That's right. The San Diego Padres, they finally did it. They won more than three games in a row. They've won four, in fact. How crazy is that? But over the weekend, we got a little bit of a bombshell from Kevin AC over at the San Diego Union Tribune. Lack of leadership. Lack of a drive. Lack of engagement. No one's on the same page. Clubhouse weirdness. All that sort of stuff. It's the article we were waiting for all season, guys. We got to talk to it. So let's start. You are locked on Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, September 19th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres if you want exclusively, you know, updates from the show. I'm sorry that I missed yesterday's episode. I actually put that out on the main Twitter. Uh, I am sick. And I'm still sick, so if I sound a little bit weird, if I sound like I'm a little bit off my game, uh, well, I am. My throat's killing me. I'm, I'm not. I'm not feeling the best. Not feeling the best, folks. But you know me. Gotta still try and show up. What can I say? Uh, and then, as always, guys, thank you for making us your first listen every day. Free and available on all platforms. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, though, and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions do apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today, especially all you fantasy football folks out there. You might want to check that out. Look, today's episode, we got a big article to talk about from the San Diego Tribune. If you are on Padres Twitter whatsoever, or if you follow the San Diego Tribune, or if you follow Kevin AC whatsoever, huge reported feature over there that dropped talking about kind of the, the inner turmoil, dare I say, of the Padres franchise and specifically the locker room and all that stuff titled as Padres season spirals questions emerge about culture cohesion and chemistry go check that out tribute it's a great read we can give my opinions on that in just a second though I want to quickly recap the series I'm recording this before because I got to get some rest so I'm recording this actually before the Padres play their game against the Rockies so they have won four in a row as of the time of this recording but they might not be able to uh to keep that up because they're the Padres. But just want to quickly talk about the series for the weekend. Padres win 10-1 on Sunday behind Nick Martinez getting the start. It was a little bit of a bullpen day. Uh, heck of a time to do a bullpen day. Um, this The reason I'm not going to get too much into the series is because it is the A's and because the Padres have kind of been done for a while. I know they're not technically, I don't think, uh, officially eliminated yet, but... Not going to spend too much time talking about, you know, how Nick Martinez look. Oh, we got five strikeouts. Whatever. It's the A's. They're the worst team in baseball. Uh, them and the Royals are both atrocious, and the A's are a disgrace to baseball, I'd say. Um, but, yeah, so not too much to talk about uh, in this game. But we did get some offense, which is really cool. Um, the offensive leaders, I mean, it was just a offensive palooza. Juan Soto specifically had six RBIs in this game uh, with two home runs, including his first grand slam with the Padres. Um, look... And then, of course, you know, you got a two-for-five game for Machado. Uh, Profar managed to draw two walks, which is cool, as the leadoff hitter, giving Kim a day off. Xander Bogart's two-for-five. Um, Tatis, bad day with three strikeouts, but it's okay. We still love him. Um, not much to report here. But uh, Juan Soto, not not helping my case, which has been, I've been very tepid, very, 
very worried about the idea of extending him for reasons that don't have to do with him as a player. But, man, oh, man, is he an absolute beast at the plate, man. I mean, he's one of the best bats in the game. He's just crazy. And it's a reminder that it's pretty crazy the Padres did do at least a smidgen of what they did this weekend all season, right? Um, so, not much to report there. Saturday's game, they win 5-2, so a little bit closer uh, for the Pods with Michael Waldron. I'm sorry. I always say Michael Waldron. He's a film guy. I'm, I'm involved in film world. Sorry. Matt Waldron, uh, he gets a start in this game, going five and a third, giving up two earned runs on a walk at 5Ks. Not too much there. But then, ladies and gentlemen, then... No, I'm just kidding. Nothing really happened after that. Aside from those runs that are scored, that's basically it. And then in terms of the Padres, you know, Kim played in this game. Doesn't do too much here. Tatis gets a double. Soto gets two RBIs on the night. Bogarts uh, also gets some RBIs on the night with a double. Um, that's basically it. One for four from our boy Campizato. Nothing crazy in the scoring department, really. Um, so not much to talk about in this game either. Again, I'm flying by these because we really got to talk about this. And then Friday's game. Dare I say the most fun, Seth Lugo having another really nice quality start. 3.83 ERA on the season. I've talked about him a lot. I'm totally cool with the idea of potentially giving him an extension in the offseason or signing him to a contract in the offseason. I think he's going to opt out. He's been very good. I've brought up the comparison to Steven Matz before and how if that guy could get a four-year, $44 million contract, then I think Seth Lugo can. Six innings, three earned runs, one walk, but seven strikeouts, which was really cool. But most importantly in this game, Aside from Tatis showing up big time, he hits a home run in this one and uh, gets a stolen base and draws two walks. So a huge day for Tatis, three RBIs, absolutely nuts. Uh, you know me, really hoping that he pups up those uh, counting stats. You know me, I kind of want to be able to just tweet out that despite having a pretty eh season at the plate and the injuries and all that, that he still went 30-30. He's currently sitting at 25 home runs and 26 stolen bases. It's one of my, like like selfishly a little bit, like one of the things I'm rooting for the most to come true. Um, but most importantly, coolest thing uh, of the night, Jose Zocar, two for four with three RBIs and a home run. This guy is our Nick Madrigal, man. He gets, he has no power upside, really. He's a slightly decent uh, guy when it comes to batting average, but doesn't draw a lot of walks, but he got a start. And I will say, we have to talk about the offseason about Trent Grisham um, and how he has like this universal monopoly um, on the center field position, and I'm not saying Jose Azokar is better, but it feels like Azokar doesn't get as much playing time because he doesn't have the power upside that Grisham does. But part of me is wondering, is Grisham so eh at the plate that even though Azokar doesn't hit for power, if he can just get his on-base percentage up a little bit, I think he has just as much, if not equal to, um, that means the same thing, uh, as Grisham defensively. I think he's fast. I think he makes good cuts to the ball. So, but more importantly, I'm just wondering what they're going to do in center field next year. So that'll be a discussion of the offseason. But shouts to the pods. They win three games there. Winning four games for the first time all season. Really cool stuff. But honestly, me saying first time all season winning four games in a row kind of illustrates the season as a whole if you hadn't been following already. But that's enough of that. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into the drama. Oh, man. Oh, man. So here's the thing. I have been very disappointed with Manny Machado all year, like many Padres fans. Um, I have defended the guy for sure before, too. I think that my biggest thing that I've always defended him on, and I've written about this and I've podcasted plenty about this, is I think that the no-hustle narrative is one of the biggest BS things about any player on this Padres team, with the exception maybe of Tatis' steroid stuff, or PED stuff, I should say. Um, but I always hated that because, and AC, by the way, um, points this out in his article, 
points out that like no player that there's only like eight players or something like that that have been played in more games since 2012 than Manny Machado. So the idea that that he's not a hustle guy because he's not running out ground balls that are like usually smoked because he hits the ball so hard. I just think that that's crazy. And it reminds me a lot as someone who lives on the East Coast of the kind of uh, narrative, the, the 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 discourse about, you know, Robinson Cano back in the day. For those who might forget, uh, the Yankees fan base, Yankees sports radio, they like couldn't stand that he didn't hustle, that he, he didn't run hard. It looks like he didn't try. And it's like, well, first of all, it's because he was so good in the field that it didn't look like he was trying. And then second, uh, he always played, right? So that was a big thing for him. So for me, I tend to look at more about games played versus the guy who hustles and then gets himself hurt for like four months, right? Like, I don't, I don't understand that. You know what I mean? I appreciate it. But I don't understand how one is viewed better as the other. You know what I'm saying? Like, go for the play, do what you want. But let's not act like, um, let's say, uh, Aaron Judge hustling to get that ball this year in Dodger Stadium was an, a, um, what's the word, uh, um, uh, like like a net positive, right? Like, it wasn't because he was hurt for, like, three months or however long it was, right? So, um, shouts to that. But I've defended him a lot. But Manny Machado is kind of the subject of this article. And a big thing about it is... and. There's a, a lot of different areas I got to talk about with this article. The first one being just Machado as a whole. And for me, Machado, um, it's it's easy to blame him, I think. And I don't believe that this article does that. I, I really don't. Um, I do not think AC does that. This is, yes, AC. Um, I, I've talked with him before back in the day. Really nice guy. In my opinion, an incredible writer, just in terms of like right putting words on the page, is the reporting occasionally, you know, he misses on some things. Sure, of course, obviously. He's not, you know, automatic. He's not your Adam Schefter or Jeff Passan, right? But like, there's a lot of reasons for that that I won't get into. But for the most part, I think AC does a really good job for the Tribune. I really do. I really do. Um, and yes, does he get a little bit melodramatic about things? Like when he was getting melodramatic about, you know, Eric Hosmer last year, he's like, oh, you know, almost sounded like he's getting choked up because the guy's leaving. Of course, of course. And I could talk about that bias that reporters have sometimes against with players like Hosmer. I could talk about that all day. But I thought that this was a really well, well done article. And he interviewed multiple people. In fact, like 30-something people um, from numerous areas, from player development to players to staff to management, all sorts of people, and most of them anonymous. And on top of all that, even though Machado is the the main subject of this piece, um, mostly the main subject of this piece, he's also on the record talking. So to me, that is just good reporting from multiple different sources. Oh, well, they're all anonymous. Come on, y'all. Don't be ignorant now. You really think... You really don't understand why people want to go anonymous? Come on. Come on. Stop it. We all know how the world and, and companies work. Go ahead. Speak on the record about something that may affect your employer. See how long you lasted your job. So that's why that happens sometimes. But in general, I thought it was a really well done article. And that's why we got to talk about it. Because the main conceit of the article is that there is an absence of leadership, seemingly. Uh, with the Padres and a lack of engagement. And it's something that Machado talked about and AC sort of wrote about himself. And we're going to get into it. But before we get into it, guys, and again, I'm really sorry if I'm sounding a little bit messy. I'm sick. I I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. But, you know, I'm trying my best. But speaking of being sick, speaking of which, uh, let me tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Jace. Jace Medical, ladies and gentlemen. It provides, uh, the Jace case, I should say, provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of their board certified physicians. Mm. 
I almost sneezed there. Maybe I need to get a Jace case. Jeez. Uh, get ongoing care from our physicians on any treatment-related questions. Doctor created, doctor recommended. Look, you don't want to be caught unprepared. And it's been hard over the last few years because we've got pandemics and we've got just general shortages. It's It could be, you know, maybe your doctor's out of town. Maybe your, uh, I, I, I don't know, there's an over-reliance on other places to get goods shipped over. It's It's been it's been pretty rough, man. But with Jason Medical, it is simple. Like I said, you go online, fill out the form, and get your prescription life-saving medications right to your door. Uh, peace of mind, man. It's worth a lot. It's worth a lot. And guess what? Speaking of worth... Let me tell you, you could save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical. Plus, because you're listening to this podcast, you can get $20 off by using my code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's jacemedical, J-A-S-E, medical.com. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back on today's Locked On Padres podcast. Oh boy, oh boy. Mm-mm. All right, let's let's no time to waste because we got a lot to talk about with this article. Okay, so one of the main conceits of this article and what AC writes here, and also by the way, I want to give a shout really quickly to Ben Fadden over at um at Gaslight Ball and Talking Friars. Like he wrote an article that kind of also defended AC with similar points that I just made. Um, so you can check that out on Gaslight Ball. Um, and basically, you know, one thing that happened, and granted it was Padres Twitter mostly, um, I, I wasn't able to listen to like, you know, some media spots. I wasn't able to get a little bit of the pulse as usual. I wasn't able to listen to Ben and Woods this weekend, but could just been Padres Twitter. But a lot of people are skeptical of AC and they're like, wow, he's attacking him. And Will Myers, our old buddy Will Myers, responded to this article, man. Just being like, look, this isn't the guy that I knew. And I, granted, I haven't been here. I wasn't here. I haven't been here this year. Hold on, I can't speak. Uh, I haven't been here this year. But, you know, that's not the guy that I knew over the last bunch of years. I get it. But to me, I don't view this as a hit piece. A hit piece is like everyone just mocks one guy. And then the whole article is like this guy's to blame. This is not a hit piece. And again, I mean, AC literally says at the beginning of this article, he's been in the major leagues since the end of 2012, but over the past nine seasons has started more games than any player on any team. And even with subpar seasons in 2019 and 23 has compiled the ninth highest F4 in MLB in that time, you know? And one of the things that this article gets at is, and and what I think is the most frustrating thing about this Padres season is that there's, it's not easy to point toward one thing. I talked about last week with my buddy Miller Thomas how Vlad Jr.'s underwhelming season. That's just one player that so many people, no one can figure out what's going on. The hard hit rate is good. You know, he's still got the power and he's still, you know, making good contact. He's not swinging at bad pitches. He can still draw up and no one knows what's going on, right? So sometimes I'm almost ready to just say that this, I've said before, I wonder if this is just a fluke year. It's not a fluke that this happens to this team, but in a vacuum, I think the year could be a little bit of a fluke. Um, But to me... And again, you have to take, remember guys, it is the same way you look at newspapers and journalists and say, wow, what's their agenda there? You can also use that logic for someone like, and I mean this with literally no offense, you guys, I know I love them, with someone like Will Myers. Like, let's just be very clear that everybody's a media. Not, I don't know how to explain that rightfully, but like a lot of people have an agenda in some way. Right. When you're listening to podcasts telling you that a certain news outlet is something, it's like they they might have an agenda there. I'm not saying everyone does, but 
you just have to take that into account that just because it's a newspaper doesn't mean that they're immediately trying to push something. It's hard. It's very hard to tell. I even struggle with it sometimes. I study journalism, for God's sake. But anyway, enough of my soapbox. Um, according to several veterans, what also does not exist on the team is, is a team with a winning culture that doesn't include the best players being the hardest workers and those players demonstrating in word and deed to the rest of the team what is expected and tolerated. And here's what comes one of the like interesting uh, moments in the podcast or um, in the article. First of all, Machado says, I think everybody is a leader. I think we have 26 leaders. I don't think necessarily one person has to take the lead role. I think baseball is a team sport. It takes everyone. Told that there was uniform agreement among several teammates that he is the dominant presence in the clubhouse, Machado did say, that's fair. Interesting. So, <clears throat> it's just, <laughs> there's so many things in this article, man. And one thing that I thought was um, particularly apparent all season is that and AC mentions this, by the way, when Machado gets hit, that nobody rose out of the dugout. Not necessarily because it's because of Machado, that it's Machado that got hit, but there's just like, it just seems like everything's barren. And players maybe doing, doing their own thing, a little bit too much of their own thing. And I know that baseball, we talk about all the time, that Machado can't necessarily make Hassan Kim a better player, right? Like, I know that, you know, he could do some things, but this isn't like the NBA or the NFL. It's a team sport, but it's like an individualized team sport. It's so weird to explain it, but it's that's kind of what we have here. And to me, I think that it's just, I think that this is more, you know, and they talk about this, like, is it Preller, right? Could it be Preller? Who's putting the people in there? Is it Bob Melvin? I'm not totally sure, right? It's, the article is almost not sure. That's how I read it, you know? And for me, I think that with this culture thing, that's something that I think changes from the higher-ups. I do not think that that's something that changes with one player. It can happen sometimes with a manager. Bobby Valentine of the Red Sox is a great example. He lead, He's a one-and-done manager for the Red Sox. Very rare for you to get a one-and-done manager like that, especially for a big team like the Red Sox. He leaves, and then they win the World Series next year. There are circumstances in which this is uh, fair, but I also thought that the idea that Machado was saying things here that were putting blame on other people and he's not wanting to take the blame, I think that he's echoing and following along with the sentiment that Juan Soto shared, you know, just a few months ago when he said that we give up, you know, like that's what kind of the team is. No one's into it. And that's not something that can be solved very easily. It's not something that I think you or myself, the viewer and listeners and all that can easily remedy and feel like, oh, this is what they have to do. This is what... Sometimes things just don't work. Sometimes things don't mesh. And perhaps that's the product of a GM that just keeps getting the best superstars. And, and that's an admirable quality. But at some point, you can't build this like a fantasy team, right? And I, I mean, just look at us as fans. How much more fun does it look like people had? I mean, it's one. It's only a couple games. But when Jerks and Profar came in, I'm seeing him and Tatis hanging out. I'm like, I, these are human beings. And it's important to remember that team chemistry does matter, even if it doesn't matter to the point where, in my opinion, you still take someone like Eric Hosmer on your team. And another thing that I think made Manny not look great for people, but I actually thought that it was a great point. Um, I'm going to read the part from the article. All of Machado's quotes herein are the result of a 30-minute conversation before Wednesday's game against the Dodgers in Los Angeles, during which he bristled at some of the contentions regarding the team's culture and his part in it while seeming to ponder on a portion of others. He made it clear he does not believe that the Padres' culture is a problem and, for that matter, strongly indicated he does not put much stock in the importance of cultivating a culture. 
then he said, what is this, college baseball? He said at one point, what is this, high school? And I think some people took that quote as him almost, for lack of a better term, being a little bit of a diva about it. Like, where am I, the babysitter? I think that's the energy that some people are taking from this. But for me, and this might be a stretch, it reminded me a little bit, a tiny bit, and in and, and this, again, hold on, everybody, I'm stretching, I'm, I'm Monkey D. Luffy, I'm doing my, my stretchiness for this point, but I remember a bunch of years back, I'm going to say, like, around, I was still in high school, so I'm going to say, like, let's say, like, 2014, 2015, around then, uh, the San Antonio Spurs are a famous NBA basketball team, and one thing that they were famous for was dare I say, starting the load management for anyone who follows the NBA. Because they had Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker. Three, like, awesome, potentially all three of them Hall of Fame players. Um, But there would be days where they just sat all of them for rest. Because the NBA, for a bunch of reasons, it probably makes sense to rest your players. Because who cares about what seed you get? You know what I mean? Like, what do you you care that much? Like, it'll be fine. Um, And there's a bunch of different reasons that they're old. You know, just the, the playoff seedings not necessarily mattering as much as people thought. And another thing that happened, though, was during that season, I remember that the Spurs played poorly one day, and then someone asked the question of, like, they didn't look into it. Were they not motivated enough? And Greg Popovich, the coach of the San Antonio Spurs, was asked that question. And they said, do you think they weren't motivated? Do you think they weren't engaged enough and all that stuff? And Popovich, who usually is a guy who just gives kind of ridiculous answers very intentionally, kind of like messes with the media and just kind of deflects and will answer your... He answers things in one word answers all the time, stuff like that. But he kind of snapped a little bit and he was like, if you're a plumber, you can't just one day say, you know, I'm not motivated enough. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm just not into it today. He's like, this is a job. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have to have an issue with motivation. It's like, let's go. We got to go out and do our job. It's to, to paraphrase, by the way. I don't have the full quote in front of me. The way I relate that to Manny Machado is like, if we're talking about engagement and motivation and you know wanting to try and not wanting to give up, I felt like that. It's a little bit of there's a little bit of a similarity there where it's like, I wonder if Machado was looking at this and saying, this is our job. Like, why do I have to? Why is it, like, all on me that everyone else isn't showing up? Now, granted, he has been bad this year, so this comes off a little bit, like, I don't know the the correct word for it. It comes off a little brash, a little pompous for some people. But that's, in a way, a little bit how I felt it, where he's like, I don't know why, like, that's something that has to fall on one person. And I, I imagine that Bob Melvin feels the same way, where it's like, why is it his fault that guys are not necessarily all in it together? You know? And I get it. There's a bunch of reasons. You're the manager of the team. You got to figure out. But the idea of motivation, I think, and being engaged, is that a thing that we can immediately blame Bob Melvin on? A three-time manager of the year who took us to an NLCS last year with a much lesser roster and all of a sudden forgets to manage this year? So I'm just saying, these are, there's, this article to me rose a bunch, um, I'm sorry, raised a bunch of different questions. And I don't think that we're ever going to really get a firm answer. Um, and I, again, it's, there's a lot of different things, as the article mentions, that could have been why the Padres disappointed. Joe Musgrove has hurt much of the year. You Darvish was not right from right more than he was. The so-called Big Four, you know, Machado, Bogart, Soto, Tatis, didn't perform expectations. Cronenworth or almost anyone else didn't. Matt Carpenter we could get into. Um, I mean, it's just, it's countless, right? The bullpen, finding ways to explode every five minutes. It's totally sucked. Cool. And the article mentions, but a common belief within the organization holds that the team's lack of ability to rise above adversity or work its way out of a more Morris owed to 
sorry, I'm having trouble reading, owed to a lack of unity that, at best, did not help and that many felt hindered the Padres' ability to achieve any level of consistent success. Then they go on to list the stats that you all know and love, 6-22 and in one-run games, 0-11 in extra innings. It's just everything's not working exactly. I don't blame Machado. Now, granted, he might be... It might be possible that he's like, wow, if people are blaming me, heck yeah, I'm going to start saying that it's not, you know, that I don't believe in culture, stuff like that, because then it'll look bad for me if I'm not helping out. But even still, um, I just, I don't know, man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of sides to this. But before we keep on talking about this, just a little bit more, guys, um, really quickly, I need to talk to you about one of my favorite apps to use, and that is Sleeper, ladies and gentlemen. Sleeper is fantastic, and the MLB playoffs are around the quarter which means the clock is ticking on your chance to 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is right now with studs like Tatis and Acuna Betts, the, the MVP race. You know, you, you got, you've got Otani who's shut down for the season, but you get my point. Apparently, Michael Harris is awesome. Apparently, Trey Turner is amazing again. That must be nice, Philadelphia. Yeah, I wish that could happen for our guy. Um, but you can pick more or less on stats for these stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, walks, uh, just in general bases, uh, you know, and t- not just hits, but like on base, all that stuff, and get more for up to a 100 times payout on Sleeper, ladies and gentlemen. It is fantastic. It is fantastic, and I, I I love it so much. I love it. I think it's phenomenal. And honestly, Padres aren't bad. I would take any Padre player right now to get over on hits. You want to take Bogart? Sure. I mean, he's having a good end to the season, so you want to do that? I might do that myself over on the Sleeper Daily Fantasy. And also, they're really great for fantasy football. I use that. We've just my longtime league that I've been running since. Oh, I mean, I haven't been technically right. I'm not the commissioner, but that I've been a part of since 2014. We switched over to Sleeper. It's great. There's so many more informative like type of things for you. They have a trending tab to show you who the hottest pickups are. They show you the past history of the player. You get the immediate updates. You get like they show you like all the you could like click on the game and see all the players and what everyone's fantasy players would be doing this game just like to see like it's just so easy, so great and convenient. Love Sleeper, guys. Go check it out and use the promo code Locked On and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Flash Sleeper logo with deposit match code. Go check it out. And we're back, everybody, here on the Lockdown Padres podcast, uh, talking about this Kevin AC article. Remember, thank you again for... Uh, you know, listening to us first listen on uh, every platform, free and available everywhere. Go check it out. And also, I forgot to mention, go check out SiriusXM for the home time play-by-play broadcast of the Padres during these 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 strenuous times. And look, man, hey, look, it was a good weekend. If you're just like here for vibes, the vibes have been all right. You know, as long as you kind of you accept. You know, like the what is it? The eight stages of grief. You know, if you're on that like eight the eighth stage, the acceptance stage, I think you're doing all right. I think you're doing all right. Unless it's like Before We Fall, the movie with Zoe Deutsch. That movie's sad. I don't like I don't like the acceptance part of that movie. Not great. I'm not a fan. <laughs> but anyway, guys, um, back to the article. So look, and, and I also want to disclose, like, I, I know I host this podcast and like have a, 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 a an F list platform on a scale from A through Z uh, amongst Padres fans. Like, I know that, but I do not know anything really about the clubhouse. I know like one funny little anecdote. That I'm not going to share, but that's it. Uh, it's just like one funny little anecdote. It has nothing to do with what's going on with the team. But like, 
you know, I don't, I haven't heard anything myself. I'm not that plugged in. So for me, like this is, I'm just taking AC uh, for his word. And I think that's just, everyone's really confused. Um, and again, he mentions many times, in fact, I quote, to be clear, this is not a story about Machado being the problem with the Pirates. It is not even as simple as Machado being a problem. Like, it's almost like nobody knows. And again, that's what keeps giving credence to my belief that this season in a vacuum has been a fluke. Like, no one knows what's happening. No one told Xander Bogart to hit 100 with men on first and second. That's crazy. And it's so bad that it's like, that. that's almost just like, you almost feel like you're just cursed, right? Like, that can't be, you know, like, it's, that shouldn't be possible. It shouldn't be that a player like, you know, Adam Frazier, uh, who I don't even know where he is right now, like, hits better with runners in scoring position. That, that, to me, is not necessarily an indictment on the team, but rather just the sport being mean, uh, to be quite frank with you. Like, it's just really frustrating, but... Nevertheless, it is the reality. And I think that's the point of the article. And I think that it tests all that. Is Machado a locker room problem? I don't know. And more importantly, in my opinion, the idea that Machado is like, and I saw some people saying this, like, is he just distancing himself? Does he not care? And those are the magic words. You guys know, listeners, viewers, I've been saying this for a while. I hate the assertion that athletes don't care. I hate it. That's how they got here is by caring. Is it possible? Yes, of course it's possible that there are some that don't care. You have your Jay Cutlers, who basically all but confirmed that he didn't try or give a damn his whole NFL career, and that stinks because the guy was given a god arm and did nothing with it. But for the most part, these guys care, um, and it stinks when this happens and people assume they don't share. Is it possible that securing your paycheck, like Machado, which again, I think is why it makes him the easy target, because you've been with the team for a while, and you've been good for a while. And then right when you got paid, is that's your first season that you have your downturn. So I understand why people are zoning in on him. And it's also possible that just through human nature, knowing that you got your contract, it's a lot like you're just a little bit more relaxed. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe there was a lot of players on this team that either have money incoming, got money already, and they're just a little bit more relaxed. And as a result, maybe it's not that they weren't trying, but maybe there was a, ah, we got more time. Ah, we got more time. Ah, it's okay. It's only July. Eh, we still got three more months left. Eh, it's only May. You know, oh, yeah, we're last in the league in runs and score. It's okay, though. We got so many good teams on this. Maybe that's what it is. It's totally possible. Um, Like, that would be my leading culprit, right? I'd be like, I think that everyone was just, they weren't urgent. But I don't think that they weren't urgent because they didn't care. Those are two very different things, in my opinion. Um, Again, should Machado be doing more? Maybe. But remember that, like, I just think things like this are the result of management. I think that this is the result of the team not having these kind of, you know, just solid little players and these this team not having enough players. And here's the key. And this is what one of the things that you want to talk about a culture and chemistry. None of these guys played together before now. Okay, sorry. Machado and Soto, sure. They played with each other in, in the World Baseball Classic, which is awesome. And, and I wish helped more. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wish it really helped more. But... Is it is there something to be said that absent Luis Campuzano and you know your Waldron types and you know some other like minor players on the team that I can't think of at the off the top of my head at the moment? My apologies for that. But like aside from like Campuzano being probably the biggest one, aside from that, is it possible that there's something to be said for all these guys that didn't come up at the same time, even if they're minor players? Yeah, we'll have our Jackson Merrill, but maybe there's something to be said that like 
some the 18th level prospect might appear for a weekend that they they were playing at the same time and the same team maybe at the same level of triple a double a single a rookie ball whatever is there something to be said for players that are all just brought in like mercenaries you know what i mean like getting the highest bidder is there something to be said when most of your team is like that not just a few players not just a a tatis and machado or i'm sorry a, a bogarts and machado or Bogarts and a, and a Soto, but it's a Bogarts, it's Cronenworth, it is um, Tatis, but I, I he counts as, he's ours. Come on, we traded for him when he was like four, four years old, I don't care, he's ours. Uh, you know, Bogarts, Soto, Machado, Darvish, Cronenworth, Musgrove, um, uh, Snell, like there's so many players, Hater, um, Robert Suarez to an extent, right? Like every single player, there's just not a through line. And I just am wondering, is does that have something to do with it? The fact that no one, everyone was just brought in at the same time. I remember talking with Ben Caswick of Locked On Giants, who was saying, is there something to be said with how much new stuff is on the team this year and how many players are changing positions? It's funny that in the just statistical tertiary stats, no. Uh, Cronenworth was a good first baseman. Um, Soto wasn't great in left field, but he's also not great in right field, so we're not freaking out about that. Tatis goes from short to right field. He's going to win a gold glove. Xander Bogarts, he's at short. Kim moves to second. He's probably going to win a gold glove too. There hasn't been all that on the surface level, but instead, I think it's a lack of urgency. And should Machado be blamed for that? I just think that that's such an easy thing to do. Um, and I, again, I want to reiterate, I do not think that this article is blaming Manny Machado. I just think that he's the one on record and everyone's saying that he's kind of the guy. Um, does he deserve a little bit? Maybe, maybe. I just don't know if he deserves the majority of the blame. Um, because again, and again, I mean, it was a little bit of a a, a mean quote, like a really, like a, a dare I say aggressive quote, the whole, this is, what is this high school? What is this college? Like, I get that. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, like players need to find sometimes their own way to be motivated. And I don't know if that's necessarily his fault or does this point to coaches and management and player development, not helping players enough to be able to shake off the rust, to be able to help out with Bogarts' wrist injury. Maybe. Maybe that's what they're alluding to. But, again, Machado, I don't think this article is blaming him, but I do think that it is pointing out that there are a lot of people pointing to him and saying he needs to do just a little bit more. Um, or maybe he needs to just be a little bit better, Right. And this is what happens. I mean, we've been talking all, all last month about an article like this was going to drop. You know, I said The Athletic because we were used to it before. But to me, I'm also wondering, this also reads to me, this article, as a feeling of like no one's on the same page. And I'm wondering, is that a factor? Is that a result? Is that the product of A.J. Preller's noted micromanaging? Bob Melvin had an interesting press conference after the game on, uh, I'm going to say Sunday, I'm going to say Sunday, where he was also like, I, I don't know, no one knows what's going on, like, to paraphrase him, I don't have it in front of me, that felt like, you know, is Preller not letting people just do their thing from their respective departments? All right, maybe he can lean, you know, his, his trade, when they're trading and stuff like that, or whatever it is, and maybe certain farm stuff, but at some level, you, you can't just... Be micromanaging anything. You know, no one's a messiah. You know what I mean? You're, you're not Paul Atreides. You know what I mean? You can't just go around here ruling a planet. Like, you can't do that. And I'm wondering, to me, has just no one come out, come out and said that? And AC worked on this a long time. Again, I think it was incredible reporting. I really do. I'm not saying this is winning a Pulitzer or anything. But I do think that, um, you know, you talk with Machado for 40, 30 minutes. You get a bunch of people 
confirming the same thing, I think that Machado probably deserves a little bit. Um, we have talked about moments all year, but the idea that he doesn't care, I think, is crazy to me. This is a guy who yelled at Tatis for getting ejected when they were in the middle of the playoff race two years ago. That's not something you do if you don't care. You know what I mean? You don't get in the face of the other star player on the team like that if you don't care. You just let it slide and say whatever. That's what that says to me. But considering that we've had multiple seasons where people are wondering what happened in the locker room, why is the team not as engaged, why do they keep collapsing? We had 2019, we had 2021, and 2023 hasn't been a collapse, but it's just been awful like disappointment. And it, it, it hasn't been collapsed in terms of record, it's been collapsed in terms of the day-to-day games and unable to win close ones and stuff like that. And they're always being something new. So again, for me, I know Machado just got paid. I get it. Um, I just don't. I just don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's really hard to say. Maybe people don't love Manny, but it shouldn't get too much in the way. I mean, yeah. Again, the article does point out like a lot of people are like, maybe he's not the most beloved guy out there. I don't know. It's really tough because Machado disagrees. So again, um, I know that I gave a lot of I don't knows on this podcast. Maybe it's the result of me being sick and not being a hundred percent. Hold on, gotta drink some water. Mm. Feel like my face is gonna explode. Um, maybe it's a result of that. Um, but just the way I'm sick, maybe this Padres team is just sick. Maybe we're just off this year, right? And maybe we just have to hope that, um, you know, hope that they bounce back next year. Um, it's 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 tough though, but I do think I think that one of the under, last thing I'm gonna end on, AC points out two such separate situations um, during the season in which nobody reacted, nobody went out there um, and reacted. You know, Machado, after he got hit by Perdomo, I think it was Raul Perdomo, nobody, you know, jumped out of the dugout. Mariners, on the other hand, they're jumping out of the dugout. Team isn't on the same page. And is that Machado's fault? Maybe a little bit. Is it all his fault? Feels too convenient. There's too much going on here. And in my opinion, that is when upper tiers of people get involved. And in my opinion, with Melvin being manager of the year multiple times over, don't know if that's on him. I think it's on AJ Preller, guys. I really do. And there's a lot of things he does right. His willingness to trade, his willingness to sign big guys, his willingness to make the big moves, not be afraid of you know the trade deadlines and all that stuff, and find new prospects all the time. He has a lot of good. But when it comes to the overall success of the team, I think he's the one that you have to bring up here. It is a lot easier to go and look at things that Machado says and to point at him versus getting some people to, even if off the record, start saying stuff about A.J. Preller, in my opinion anyway. I think that that's a lot more difficult. You know what I mean? That's just a lot of difficult for a lot of different reasons. Um, But again, I really recommend everyone go check out the piece. I think there's a lot of cool nuggets in there. I don't want to spoil the entire thing on this podcast. AC worked very, very hard on this and worked on this for months. So again... I just, man, you know, again, I, it's just, ah, and I've made fun of Machado on this podcast. I've told you how frustrating he was, you know, always mouthing off to the media after someone dares say, yeah, you guys been playing poorly. And he's like, whoa, 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 like he gets a little bit back into it. I get that. But at the same time, it's, it's just been frustration city and it's going to continue, um, for the rest of the season. I imagine, unless barring the greatest miracle we've ever seen in the history of baseball, the playoffs will be the Pirates will be eliminated. They'll be lucky to hit 500, and we got a lot of questions in the offseason, man. We really, we really do. Um, but it's tough. It's really tough, and I think that 
all in all, don't rush to blame a single player. Um, because that's just, especially um, in, in baseball, that's just a little bit much for me. Uh, it's a little bit much for you to blame all that. But um, yeah, guys, we'll see. On, on the good news, though, to end, the Eagles had like a little bit of a, a rapper kind of on TV news segment with a guy rapping about his team. It actually wasn't as bad as the That's What's In video, but at least we're not the last ones who have a weird kind of cringy video of some fans uh, being displayed on the news singing a song about their team. Thank the Lord. So thank you, Philadelphia. That is the only time I'll ever thank Philadelphia for anything, uh, especially sports. So shouts to them, and I'll leave you all with that. But again, everybody, hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm sorry if it was a little bit off base, a little bit weird. My head's feeling weird. I feel like I'm going to explode. If I sound a little bit nasally and weird, my apologies again. Had to get out of episode. For the future, though, probably going to be doing um, my crossover with Miller Thomas. Um, you know, I don't know what we're going to do exactly, but I'm really going to need him to cross over considering how sick I've been. We'll see how that goes. Uh, might be doing a, uh, a draft of players likely to regress next year. That might be one. We'll see. Uh, and in terms of the rest of this week, definitely going to talk about the Swan Soda stuff. Uh, should they extend him? Um, not necessarily going to talk about that. I did talk about that a few weeks ago. We will address that, but we will be talking about trade packages that could potentially happen, whether or not they should trade him. Going to be talking about Blake Snell more as his Cy Young campaign potentially continues. Uh, still good vibes, guys. And I hope your fantasy football teams are doing well because mine is doing okay. Let's see. At the time of this recording, I am still winning. Thankfully, I'm winning. I have the Browns defense. They basically just have to not be terrible for the rest of the game. They're getting me a solid, let's see here, eight, nine points. Perfect. They just can't get me like negative three and then I'll be fine. But anyway, guys, hopefully you're doing well there and hopefully you enjoy the rest of this Padres season in just kind of a, a vibe standpoint. And until next time, stay safe and of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful hobies, take care.